from current events in politics to pop culture and black culture. This podcast is an aid to normalize the everyday thoughts of a pragmatic black girl who just wants others alike to know that we are not awkward because we haven't conformed. We are the truth because we haven't. It's an 88 Vibes show. Welcome. Good afternoon. Welcome back to my weekly podcast, Wisdom, Wine, and Rants. I am your host, Tiana, aka Coco, aka Awesome. (laughs) And I am back with, um, first off, I'm just coming off a little break. Um, a birthday break, so this week is going to be a really busy week for me as far as getting the facts out, but um, this week I wanted to talk to you guys about something that I know all of us are a lot of familiar with and um, very, very um, either accustomed or uncomfortable with, and it is the topic that is family business or is it family business? And that's what we're, we're um, I am addressing today, but with the company of you, you know, teamwork. <laughs> um, so yes, that is what we are talking about today. And since the show is called Wisdom, Wine, and Rants, I noticed that, you know, I, I never really let you guys really know um, what I'm drinking on, <laughs> um, which is a little unfair to you because I want you guys to be in the mood too. It's not just me like, you know, ranting and throwing wisdom out. It's also me sipping on some things. So today's drink is um, Vintage Crush. It's Pinot Grigio um, from the California brand. And if you are like me or my man, you will know that you can get this from um, any Walmart. I'm pretty sure we got this from Walmart. (laughs) Um, So that's what I'm drinking on today. And um, let's just kind of, you know, get into it. So this is a discussion of family business. And me just saying that, I'm pretty sure that term has, made your ears kind of perk up you're like ready to to find out exactly what kind of family business I'm talking about and if you are of the black community like me you often have heard the words oh that's family business or don't tell nobody what goes on in my house and um that ain't none of their business and um so many other ways that we in the African-American community have, um, you know, decided to use as a direction or directing of telling our people to keep things quiet and to themselves. And family business is like totally, totally necessary. Like it's, it's very, very essential. It's very, very, um, it's just necessary. You know, some things you, you kind of, you kind of have to just, 
you know, it's family business. You got to just ride for your family, right? You know, so some shit goes down. It's sometimes some things are just none of your business and we are our brother's keepers. You know what I'm saying? Or we are our sister's keepers. We are here to protect our brothers and sisters, no doubt. Um, we are here to protect the women in our family, the men that we love. Like, we, we are here for that. And with the system just set up in such an unfortunate, perverse, racist show, every, like, everything that you could put behind the, the, the letter race or the word race, this, this is what we're in. That's, so in a, in, um, a situation like being a black person or the situation that is being a black person, it's like nothing else. So coming from a black household and a black family and black ancestors, like, you know, you just kind of learn to look out for your own people. And that's not really something that you, you want to play with. That's more like a rule, right? But what happens when someone exploits that method of loyalty directing I, I, I don't know what else to call it but what happens when someone exploits that that rule for their own greedy shady sadistic disgusting wants these fantasies that people have, these diseases that people have, these illnesses, these weaknesses, these um, curses, these disgusting things that some of our people are out here in the world doing and getting away with it generationally because it's family business. So um, let's just say I have these I know these, this particular group of, of people, right? Um, and these people were siblings. And they, you know, came from God knows what or God knows who because, you know, they were placed in a system. And they were adopted or put up for adoption or just kind of taken away from their mom or their dad. They didn't know who their dad was, but their mom was um, a struggling addict who had her own set of demons that she was fighting. In turn, she was not able to take care of her children properly and either had to forfeit them or had them taken from her. Um, very unfortunate, very, very unfortunate and just not just not something that could possibly have a positive, as much of a positive impact on the children than, you know, we, I mean, it, it just is what it is, right? So let's say this group of kids, they are lucky enough, the majority of them, to be taken in by a nice Christian family, or what looks like to be a very nice Christian family. And um, 
Now, this family already has, you know, a couple of kids of their own, these, these, this man and this woman, this wife and this husband. But they also, um, you know, seem to just want more kids. So they've taken these kids and, um, you know, bring them into this home, this big house with all these different things and all these different opportunities and a good neighborhood and maybe even a good school and a seemingly good family, right? The big Christian family, right? And <laughs> um, I'm not meaning to laugh. I'm just kind of trying to brace myself for the 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 actualities of what I'm about to put out here in the world because this is, it's just, it happens every day, right? So you take these kids and they, you take them from a home and you say, this is your new home. And these are your new family members. And this is what you have, you know, to look forward to every day. And then, you know, as they start to grow older, the boys and the girls, you know, or while they're young, um, let's just say the dad decides, you know, I have some demons in me that I really, really have been carrying around for a whole generation now. And you know what? They're just pent up inside of me because what do I do with them? Get counseling? No, that's not a black people thing. Um, Go talk to um, a a policeman and tell them the things that I've done or thought about doing. Oh no, I, I don't, I'm a black man. I can't go to jail. Um, go to the church, talk, talk to the pastor. No, they'll judge me. They'll talk about me. I'll be shunned. I'll be exiled. Do I go to my wife? No, she'll leave me. Do I go to my friends? No, they will just disbar me. They will, they would never have anything to do with me. But you know what? I have this giant house full of kids and I could easily put the demons on them. Let me just start putting the demons on them. And then this dad that has adopted these kids, who knows what the intentions were, but the kids had no idea. They just were kids. And he he takes these kids, and while his wife is in the other room or looking the other way or pretending to not see, he decides that he's going to put his own demons off. These demons that he's been struggling with, these perverse sexual demons that have been chasing him in the back of his mind since even when he was younger to the the next generation of kids who had absolutely nothing to do with this shit that he should have gotten therapy for, but his parents told him it was family business and or just denied and, you know, just covered everything up, right? Because it's family business. So now while everything's on a hush-hush, you have created a whole monster, but he gets to walk around, you know, looking like a superhero because as long as he doesn't look like the average black nothing-ass nigga, he's good enough, right? He has his past, and that's just the rules. That's how it goes. So he spends the next 5, 10, plus 15 years or whatever abusing the hell out of these kids. I mean, sexually abusing the hell out of the girls, raping them, taking them to... to, to um, 
as many different places and as he could to get alone time with them to be able to do what he wanted to do with their bodies. And not just their bodies, his own blood, the, the, the daughters that he had before these adoptive kids even came in the pictures. And that's not even to explain the, the physical ab- uh, abuse and torturing and violence that he is inflicting on his sons. And the psychological shit because they have to sit there and see and don't think they don't know what this dad is doing to their sisters. But this is the only home they know because they could have been on the streets. They could have been dead. They could have been sold into something by their addicted mother um, or abused by their father or their mom's, you know, father's replacements. And this is just this life just because the Bible says so just so happens to just be better than the life that they would have had. And we, and there's nothing that we can really say to prove that wrong because we don't know. Um, (laughs) um, now some years go by and everybody is in adulthood. And then you look up and then you see people like going through storms, crazy storms, like not even going through the storms. The storms are wrapped around them. The storms follow them. Um, and storms do not have to just be like chaotic. Things are blowing, things are falling over, things are um, bursting into flames. Storms can be calm. Storms could just be like a person just walking through or zombieing, just dead walking through life. They don't have spirit. They are, they are a dead rose. They are a hopeless um, ball of energy. And they just have accepted that this is life because it's what happens when you're black. And I mean, it's everybody goes through it. I have several friends and family members who've gone through it. So what, why, why, you know, I, I'm, I can just get through it like everybody else too. I mean, everybody has their shit, right? So this little family business that I've been keeping to myself, it's just family business. Now, That is the reality of what really goes on in the African-American communities, where we just look around and we see a bunch of people in storms, especially women. And really, because this podcast is for women, um, I I want to just kind of steer this conversation toward the reality that is Black women being victims of sex crimes often that is basically excused and pardoned and explained by the basis that is it's just family business so and I'm saying this family business thing is because 
because it is family business, it creates this systematic, this form of systematic Stockholm syndrome for the survivor or the victim of the crimes and the victim of the curses and the victim of the pervasion. It creates a systematic Stockholm syndrome for them. And if you don't know what Stockholm syndrome is, it's when somebody kidnaps a human, holds them against their will, abuses them, tortures them, whatever the case may be, and tell them, rob them of their freedom. And then tell them that, you know, hey, I'm the captain here. I'm the captain now. And that person just accepts it because they just are like, whatever, you know, I don't know what my life was, was where it was going anyway, or I can't say that it was going to be all great and whatever I could have dreamed and hoped of it because this person seems to have me now. So I have to protect this person because they are feeding me every day. They're clothing me every day. They are um, seemingly caring for me every day. And I need to be grateful because how else would I be fed and housed and cared for? So (laughs) it's just, again, I'm sorry to laugh, you know, but it's just this thing that is a real thing and it happens. So now this person is, who is a victim of sex crimes in the black community that is blamed on family business, they are walking around feeling like I have been betrayed, I have been violated, I have been abused, but to protect this family that is all I know, I can't tell anybody because that person will be angry and then my housing and my uh, food and my grooming and all these different things that I'm being... Uh, blessed with that I should also have I should just have just all these different things that these people agreed to give me before I even knew what was going on when they signed their names on these papers when they swore when they prayed or promised when they looked these officials in the eye these city um protective child protective servicing people in their eyes like they told them that they would care for me that that they would protect me these are the things that I deserve right that I was I'm a gift to these people I'm a gift to the world I'm a gift to God I'm God I'm God's gift God is using me but did he use me for what these people are telling me to use me for so these things that I should have would go down the drain and out the window if I said something, if I rejected my abuser, you know what I mean? And people take that into adulthood with them very, very well and normally. So in the black community, you're not allowed to be vulnerable. As a black woman, you are not allowed to have feelings, to have trauma, to have gone through things, to be fighting shit, to be working your your life out, to be working on anything because when you show up everywhere, your people, white people, 
Asian people, Hispanic people, everybody's looking at you like in order to jump on this boat, you have to be a finished project because we've seen it all and we do not want anything that has anything to do with your chains coming onto this boat. No anchors are allowed on this boat. No chains are allowed on this boat. You better be a finished project. Otherwise, you are not hired. Otherwise, you are fired. Otherwise, you can't get in the door. Which is unfair. So black people, we end up learning how to just cope with our traumas and just show up with a straight face. And it's not even just for you know, the job or the man. It's because your own people will look at you like you're weak if you seem to be crumbling mentally from the effects of abuse that is very, very real and traumatizing. The problem is the African-American community, especially the women community, have been um, exploited in the way that basically says you can take whatever I throw at you, whatever life throws at you, and you can keep moving nonstop. You could have had an abortion yesterday. You're going to show up at work. You could have had a miscarriage yesterday. You're going to be at work when you leave the facility. You don't get to call off. You don't get mental health days. You don't, you know, like some of the things that I experienced being a free black girl is just amazing to me because I remember when I was chained, right? When I, I was chained in a different way than most African-American girls. I was chained in a way that was, that, that was basically um, a social status type of chaining where I was just so, I, I wanted to be, I wanted to climb the corporate ladder, but I couldn't because my black chains my chains that were, were, were put on me ancestors ago, generations ago, um, were just, just every time I would climb up the corporate ladder, something would pull me back down. So I could never get up higher than I wanted to, that I would see other, black, other free black girls at, and I would be like, oh my gosh, they seem so peaceful up there, so unbothered, so free. I need to get up there. But then I would climb a little bit. And then here comes one of my chains, just jingling, loud, dragging, loudly, whipping people unintendedly, just there. And they show up. So I could not get into certain offices or certain positions or certain levels like and that was like not something that I wanted to to do because I was like, I'm not made to be, you know, um, a small girl in a call center and no, because that was no no shade to call centering because that's the deal. That's if you know, you know, that's the deal. But I never wanted to, to to stay there. I kept thinking I would just look around and be like, OK, what do every what is it that everybody in this in this um, unit or in this department? What is it that all of us have in common? And the one thing we had in common was that we were all African-American and, and had similar chains. So I can look at everybody in every cubicle and know exactly what demons they're fighting because it's that real. Right. I didn't want that to be me. So I started growing. And the, every time I would beat um, a level, 
another devil, a, a black devil would come and be like, because we like to talk about white devils all the time, but nobody wants to admit that we have shit in our own culture. So every time I would climb up a letter, a ladder, it, there would be a, a black person who sows discord in a way that only we can do, which is dog whistling, that would just keep me on that level or make the level up a lot harder than it, it, it should have been. And then once I figured out that that's what was happening, I figured out a way to beat those, those devils. I just completely detached myself from people who were still struggling with certain demons. Not to say, because I could still tell the people who had other demons and I just was like, okay, well, you beat all the other ones so I can fuck with you. So... The wine, <laughs> the wine, <laughs> the wine, child, the wine. Okay, so um, basically, upon um, you know, figuring out like, okay, I just have to beat levels. I noticed that there were a lot of people still like that I cared about that just were angry, and they went. And the, the higher up I got. They ain't the, more angry with me that they become. And I mean, just nasty, angry, shady, disloyal, um, just betraying spirits, like just like angry and posing as a friend or posing as a concerned family member. Just somebody who I wish that I could have dragged out of the struggle. But when I was trying to tell them, hey, this is the way to go. They kept saying, that's white. That's white of you. That's very white of you. Why are you trying to be so white? Where are you going in life? You're trying to be white? You think you're white? Stop being so white. That was the whole thing. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Like, it's just this gross, gross barrier that is unnecessary. And people need to talk about it so that it can stop happening. Um, so at that point, you learn about the free birds and the caged birds, right? And then you're starting to feel bad because you're like... I'm free, you know, I'm freer than these people who are caged. Now, I'm a free bird. I can say how I feel. I can post what I want to post. I can go where I want to go. And I don't, I can't just, you know, I don't have somebody using a Bible over me to control, to mind control me. Because a lot of times people like to say that the Bible is this rule book on how to be in life. But if you ever pay attention a lot of there's nobody who just wakes up and just follows the Bible as like a direction guy, like as far as like GPS rules. Nobody's like, OK, so when you get to the red light, you're going to um, follow Peter's uh, passage. And then once you get to that corner of 15th Street, you're going to change to Saul's passage and then you're going to start following uh, Mary's like you just it's just come on. Like nobody does that. Right. People exert things to make things work for their reasons. This is my reason. So I'm going to put the Bible on you until you keep your mouth closed about all the abuse that you have been receiving that I have been doing to you because I don't want people to know I'm this horrible of a person. And the only way it won't get out is if you shut up. I don't care what it does to you, you know, and that's where we are. So in today's society, we have I'm looking around and I'm seeing all these free birds that I love. But I'm also feeling super, super sorry for the caged birds, because when they are flocking, when they are screaming and they are just trying their hardest to flap their wings high enough to get up there to reach us, 
and they can't, it's a sore sight. It's like, it, it's bittersweet because you're, you're happy because you're just like, damn, I'm so happy. I'm not one of them, <laughs> but it's bitter because you just feel sorry for them. Like, and what's fucked up is that eventually their brains start to turn against them where they think that you're the enemy. Not the person who did this to them, not the, the demons that they are fighting, not the person looking back in the mirror at them, but your free ass who is carefree in the world, enjoying life because you don't have the same demons that they have chosen to keep quiet and protect, you are the problem. So I have to make you look like something's wrong with you because the rest of us can can sit around and be sexually abused and physically abused and psychologically abused and financially exploited. Let's talk about that because the money that you never that the money that these people used to raise you had a big big hand in why you were even in the picture. So you have worth to you. Somebody just decided to use your worth against you. Do you know what I'm saying? You were worthy when you stepped into these people's homes. But they Fucked your brain up in a way that made you feel like you're not worth anything except what they want to use you for, which is be my slave around the house and be my sex slave in this wherever I decide to get away with it this time. You know, you're still going to carry those family secrets because you just have been taught that you have no choice but to do that. And we need to speak more about how religion is used for mind control because that's a real thing that happens and it creates this this thing where like you can't be free you can't um really like god does not there's a lot of different things that god will approve right he'll he can't nobody can come against you in a way that he doesn't already know it's going to happen but just because it was written doesn't mean that it it is right the people who are doing and who have done these things are still going to pay you know, you can't just sit there and take pain and take abuse and have gone through years worth of pain and abuse at the hands of people who were supposed to protect you and then just pretend that they're normal and that you're normal. Because then you're walking around and you're expecting people to be able to, to, to function and dysfunction with you. And when they can't, you think something's wrong with them. But you never take a look back at yourself and say, hold up, shit, I think I might be fucked up. Why? Because accountability in the black community is not one of those things that happens. People don't say sorry. People don't admit to when they're wrong. People don't talk about shit. People just weep it the fuck under the rug. And that's what happens, right? That's what happens. So now... All these mind-controlled religious, religiously, religiously tainted people, religiously disturbed people, turn into crabs. They get mad crabby, and they... They want to pull you down in the barrel. You can be out of the barrel. They're going to crawl their ass out, come all the way over and be like, hey, 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 what are you doing over here in the street? What are you, I'm dragging you back. And they will fight and fight and fight and fight because they are trying to, dra- not saying that I can get out of this. I came all the way over here to her. She sees me. 
she she got out there's there's freedom out here i could escape too no 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 that's not what they're thinking they're thinking let me drag you back let me drag you back and how unfair is that right how sad is that they it's it and that's why i'm calling it mind control because at a point at a certain point it gets to a point it gets robotic like people really like and how robotic is it that you these people these victims don't empathize anymore they don't have sympathy they don't care and feel for a person they want everybody to hurt like them and it becomes disgusting it's just a sad sorry sight i'm telling you i find it disgusting and i had to check myself a lot of times because i was being accused of self-hate and i was like wait a minute i don't hate myself do you know the relationship i have with me i fucking love me there is no i put no woman above me do you understand? This is why, like, I can't, like, I am that, I am the queen because there is no woman, not a single woman on this earth that I put above me. So, why? <laughs> why? I, it's just, I'm telling you. It is hard out here trying to be a logical black woman because some shit is not normal, but it is normal. It is normal. These crabby ass people the things that they're doing, the things that they're saying, they don't even know it. They're brainwashed. Their brains are like fucking belong to it's it's somewhere else. And then these people have kids. So I saw this girl post something who I just so happened to notice that she is also a su- survivor of sexual abuse that came from her father, her biological father. She posted something on her page that really, really made me sad. But what made me even more sad was, let me just tell you what she said, okay? Now, imagine this girl. You know like how some people still have their adolescent, they are well into their 30s, pushing 40 but they still have all of their adolescent characteristics on them. This is one of those kind of people. And um, just the, the obviousness, the obviousness of the struggling with um, love, self-love, is just clearly there. She's overweight. She is not as, she's not going at all. She is not happy in no form of way she you can just tell you can just tell it's it's always in the eyes like it's always in the eyes and she's been this way for years and she posted something on her page on her facebook page that was like um i had my first child so my my parents wouldn't think i was a dyke and 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 that was like that was and then it, it was emojis on top of it like laughing like it was something funny girl are you crazy you mean to tell me that these parents that abuse you, the mother who, who watched your abuse, who sat there quietly knowing that you were being abused, and the father who abused you, 
after they fucked you up to the point where you shouldn't be like if somebody's been at home you're the you're, the persons who created you on this earth have been at home abusing you sexually and physically and mentally you are not supposed to be out there fucking like it's normal you the the av- <laughs> the normal reaction is for you to have issues with men and and, and, and just so many other things, right? But in the black community, you are not allowed to because by the time you are three, three, you are supposed to be twerking. And by the time you are seven, you are supposed to know all the words to all the whole songs on the radio. And by the time you are 12, you, we're supposed to be catching you with boys now. What's going on? Then by the time you are 16, you are supposed to be pregnant. That's those are just the rules, right? By the time you're 18, you are supposed to have a baby. College, what do you mean college? What do you mean dreams? What do you mean goals? What do you mean? No, go work at Family Dollar. Go get you a nice little minimum wage job. Go get you a nice um, little whatever and um, get on some public assistance. And, and that's how you become a woman. That's womaning right there. Ha ha ha. <laughs> I'm sorry again to laugh, but again, I'm I'm drinking and I am just being brutally honest and it's just what it is, right? So the generational curse is just there. They just work its magic on you, right? Now this girl posted that shit and was just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And I was just like, how could you even feel comfortable posting something like this? And Number two, do you not know that people know that sh- that you are were a victim? Because me too, I'm keeping family secrets too because I know these things, but I can't say anything because, you know, I don't want to stir up the waters because it ain't my business. Ding. So these generational curses take a village. It takes a village to hide generational curses, not just a one or two persons or a one household. It takes a whole fucking village because everybody knows, but nobody says anything because, yeah, I mean, it was so long ago. It wasn't long ago because the, the curses are still in effect. The person, person, what person, this is a clear cry for help. This is a clear cry for help, right? Um, and you brought a child into the world just so people, you could deny more that something is wrong with you. So let me have a kid because if I had to have a kid, nobody will think that my dad was at home using me as an object. And if I have the kid, now that takes away my attention off everything. So now I don't, I, did, I already had my childhood stolen. I'm going to bring a child in the world, another child, an innocent person in this world. And I'm going to just do whatever to their childhood I feel like it. But I'm without, without a doubt going to be whipping them with my chains because that's just how it works. And then you create other yous, right? And that's how the generational curses continue. When I saw this girl post that, I just felt so sorry for her because I was like, girl, like grow 
And I was wondering, like, you know how you see people and they're always that same person? Like, they are, they're just that person. They never seem to get any smarter, any more nothing. It's just that. Not, it's that. It's like, that's why. Because you don't, you got these demons that you fight, these curses, these levels. They're not just there to say you can't go any higher. They're there to say, can you go higher? That's what they're there for. But what happens when your your position, your familiar status is threatened because if you say anything, it makes you weak? No, that actually makes you strong. Like, And that's another very, very crippling stigma that is in the black community that needs to fucking go away. People literally are walking around thinking that keeping things inside and walking around all hardened, like strong is not synonymous with struggling. Strong is struggle. Like if you are strong, that means you can have shit going and you might bitch about that shit, but you're going to keep beating them levels and rising the fuck up. You don't, you go in places motherfuckers thought you wouldn't go. You being a person people thought you would never been you are doing things people would have never thought that you you are you are being a person who you didn't even you probably knew but you just didn't know that it was going to be to that extent that's what strong is struggling is i can't get off this level i'm refusing to get off this level i will never get off this level because the shit that i fight is family demons it's family business and i can't tell anyone so because of that because if i speak my mind I'll look weak. You look weak to other weak motherfuckers. That's what it is. But to strong people, those of us who know what's really going on in this world, your ass look like a strong black woman. That's what you look like. But you look weak when you're on your Facebook page saying crazy stuff, right? Then the next, it's it's just nastiness, you guys. And it needs to stop because... We're not allowed, the girls like us with, who know what's going on, we're not allowed to say shit. We're supposed to be so high up that we turn the other cheek and we walk away and we pretend like we don't see this shit because all, like, that's not fair. That's just as bad as like what these white people are out here doing when they see us struggling with shit that, that are their devils and they just are like, well, uh, I, I, I got a soup date with Karen today. I kind of, I really want some soup. Sorry. <laughs> That's that shit. We can't do that. How is that right to do that to your people? How, 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 how? How? It's not. So, hey, I'm just saying, it's the generational curses that are really fucking us up. Statistically, the challenges of the black culture are so fucked up that people just expect it of us like people are just like well what you what do you mean oh you don't know your dad okay don't you guys all not know your dad <laughs> oh your mom's on crack isn't your mom aren't all you guys' moms on crack oh you have um two kids and you don't have a father to help i mean but 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 don't you guys all have that that's what that shit does. The statistical, the negative statistical challenges that we face as an African-American community are not like any other racist. 
do you understand me? Like, not like any others. And I um, actually made a list of some of the the things that we <laughs> as African American people are just supposed to take because um, or are supposed to be going through because aren't, aren't you guys all going through stuff like that? Like doesn't that isn't that the thing? Isn't that the thing? Like and it's kind of messed up. So, um, I just decided that I was going to put it in a list, basically. And um, a few of the things that I notice, um, and I'll just read through them. We, this is a point of view from a black woman who has experienced and witnessed unbelievable amounts and just crazy examples of a black, of what black people should seem to do to other black people. And only in our culture that the rest of the black society just teaches them is, is okay. So a good example is the baby mama thing, right? You're worthy of only being a baby mama. And if you are wife, wifey material, you don't actually get a ring. You just get, I introduce everybody to you as you're my wifey. And side chicks are just a part of the process because we shouldn't expect black men to be faithful anyway, right? Um, another uh, statistic, black women are almost always glorified and valued by the size of her ass and the thickness of her thighs, not the size of her brain, not the size of her heart or how many achievements she's had academically. It's what's in the ass and in them jeans. Okay. That's the thing. Statistics. Strong black woman, single black woman is normal in our culture when it really just is the onlooker's description of what our women have to deal with while showing up, keeping up with the rest of the world and not looking like what she's going through. Even though no other race is known for such reductive ridiculousness. It's ours. It's our statistic. It's that thing that says, hey, this is what you guys, this is just what you guys, this is your thing. Deal with it. Another statistic, if we require that a man has his shit together before entertaining them or trusting our lives with them and our children's lives with them, we're gold digging and we're borderline prostituting. But we're not trying to ensure that in the event of pregnancy, we're rightfully able to have a man with hard work, honor, stability, financial literacy, brain power and accountability in his DNA that our children will benefit from and their children, which, which is basically... Being responsible for the lives you bring into this world because it's not easy and so many black kids suffer due to the decisions the parents made. So if you're listening to this, I'm saying African-American women are not even allowed to pick the best men. They are, they are, it's like it's forced on them. Hey, take these nothing ass niggas, take these would be rapists, these would be 
um, misogynists, these would-be abusers, and just procreate because we got to keep these social security numbers, these birth certificates booming, and we got to get people out here in the world doing their part. That shit. That is that shit right there. And again, the children are suffering. If another statistic, right? I said this early. If we have kids or if we're big girls, if we're not geometrically and physically appealing, then it's just the game. It's just the game. We have to expect and accept the bare minimum treatment that is not chivalrous or respectful because who do we think we are, Beyonce? Now, another thing that is very very fucked up about the statistical challenges of the black community is that I don't need a man default syndrome that a lot of women have, which is, hey, to, to each his own. But I don't need a man came from black women. It's a default method plan that takes away from what God clearly disagrees with because not only does a woman suffer, but her kids suffer and their kids and so on will be affected by the reality of the fact that the man just didn't know how to take care and just didn't know how much he was needed. Statistic shit. Another statistic. Systematic destruction of black women and the systematically deconstruction of black women to where black women are so removed from their roots that they believe that it is their job to protect, finance, woo, accept a man boy just because he wears the persona of the clothing brand, but not the bank account amount of a rapper or some shit like that, which is why good educated guys in our cultures are considered weak or lame in our culture. But when he gets with a woman of another race, he's considered a race traitor. How about his women were mostly all fucked up and he just is post-traumatic and he doesn't want that shit being passed down to his daughters. How about that? How about how women like me are often ostracized by our own people and called the white girl for not falling into the many statistical traps and wanting to live up to our fullest potential. How about something is wrong with us for not twerking by age three and not having kids between 16 and 21 and preferring to be consciously conservative about our body, our image and our goals. Something is wrong with women like me. We're gay. We're weird. We're undesirable. We think we're too smart. Something's wrong with us, but we're not deserving of toxic, the toxic love that, that is whatever. I don't know what that shit is, but I never, hey, you, if you know me, you know who I gravitate to. <laughs> and if you know my dad, you know why I gravitate to those people. I come from a very, very, I just, my dad took us camping and fishing and people were like, you didn't do that. You're lying. When I would come back to school and talk about what I was doing, I was lying. My, my friends would never believe it because their dad wasn't taking them fishing or camping and giving them pool parties. So we have these statistics in the black community that are just fucked up. The, um, the things that are just statistically normal for us is just not right. But it's even worse when we claim them and when we try to abide by them and when we 
flaunted like the n-word like yeah nigga 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 like but yeah nigger i mean yeah but i get nigga but like nigger but yeah i mean i i heard you but still nigger right no it's that it's the same thing it's just a different a different thing um so one of the, the problems with these statistical challenges of the black culture that makes things so fucked up is the fact that people often say, pray it away. You can pray it away or go talk to Jesus or go to church and da 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 But God did not just say this Bible is the end all being be all. The, the Bible is basically like your, it teaches you how to handle everything else that comes along but it's not to say word for word and like like it's not to take word for word and say okay let me just look out for um a literal really really giant 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 20 foot 20 feet tall guy and when he comes i'll have my slingshot that i made ready it's not literally for that you are going to metaphorically and um, you're just going to metaphorically have your own types of giants and you're going to have to figure out the, your own slingshot methods. But if you're literally walking around looking for a 20 feet, 20 feet tall invader, you are going to miss the whole purpose of like what your mission is. You get what I'm saying? And the, that's why religion can be so mind controlling because people really will just say, okay, well, if you can't talk to Jesus about it, Jesus will put things in. Counselors are here. God ordained some woman to, to beat her struggles, to go to school so that she could be able to understand the psychology and the thought process and the behaviors of women like you. And you mean to tell me that you are going to ignore her because your pastor who is also still going through his generational shit and keeping secrets away his own family business? You mean to tell me that you would rather go to him, not a trained medical professional, huh? Oh, family business. Okay, gotcha. Um, we should also talk about, I want to talk about what happens to these girls, who they become, because I've seen a lot of these girls turn into something else. I've seen them turn very promiscuous, promiscuous, very, 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 very promiscuous to the point where it's like, damn, you know, you are more than your pussy, your ass your titties, your mouth, your hair, your charm, like you're more than what you can do in a bed. You're more than, you are more. And what's crazy is that these women, a lot of times never figure out that they're more. They just figure out that there are more people who they can put that shit on. And then by the time they realize that they are worth more, all of that, the, their assets have just been used and abused. And that's when you, you, you run the risk of becoming damaged goods if you don't figure out, okay, I need to, 
to I I've let a lot of people I've ruined a lot of people with all these demons and I've let people ruin me with their demons let me figure out how I can use all this bad for good that's when you become damaged good I've seen women turn miserable angry hate men hate men do you hear me one of the best things in my life is submission the best gifts in my life life is the fact that I freely feel sexually free enough to submit to my man to to my men what my ex is like <laughs> but I remember when I was bound when my when my demons were so strong that I could not because I'm also abusive sexual of um a sex crime I'm also a victim of sexual abuse when when from when I was from the ages of three to almost five. And then from the age of nine until I was maybe 14. And it took a lot of a lot. But the one thing that it took was for me to be honest, right? Once I, I realized, like, oh, okay, because when I open my, anytime I would open my mouth about it, it would piss people off. And I, I have this thing about me that I know my words are either, are strong enough to either inspire or infuriate or intimidate. So if you are not inspired, you're going to be infuriated or intimidated. And if you were infuriated or intimidated, that let me know that I did something right. And it had to, I, it had to take for me to mature enough to realize that I wasn't doing something wrong because I would get reactions and I would be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have, but it's my abuse. It's some shit that happened to me. It's real shit. It's my truth. It's my story. Why can't I talk about it? Oh, because it's family business. I literally remember my dad interrogating me. Who, who touched you? Who did something to you? Because he knew and I could not say anything because it happened at home and my mom's rules was what happens in my house stays in my house. That's not right. But that's what she that's how that's how somebody shut her up. That was her curse that she passed down to us because somebody used that same fucking mind control on her. She was so fucked up. She just was like, no, I came out fine. Denial is a big fucking culprit, a big fucking anchor it's just that thing that says no 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 I'm fine I'm fine bitch no you're not none of us are fine (laughs) go get therapy it's okay um I've seen women um I've seen women turn let's not even talk about women who hate men let's talk about women who just are who do decide that they are just they don't they literally don't want a man. They want a woman now. They can't stand for a man to touch them. I've seen that. And you know what? I've also seen a person like that who was abused by her own father who turned the other way. It was like I I just and we need to talk about that type of thing because a lot of times women aren't even really gay. Like my I'm so into the LGBTQ world. I love everybody. My friends know that they're my friends. They know I support their asses to the ends of the earth. So I'm very confident in my sexuality. But I remember 
when I was going through my phase where I did not understand sex and I didn't understand what had happened to me and why I had been abused by these gross, disgusting men who I trusted, who I who was supposed to be there stepfathering me. These, you know, I, I, the people who also have been through the same types of things were like, well, you're not out there whoring. You're not out there busting it open. So something has to be wrong with you. And I remember going through this phase too, where I was, I mean, I was lusting after like men that I had not, I should have, I had no business lusting after the men that I was lusting after. Even when I was young, like, I didn't even know that it was just residual effects of the shit that happened to me. But what happens when you are molested young or whatever the case may be, sometimes you can kind of, your brain starts to look for people who remind you of your first sexual experiences. And not necessarily looking for their twins, but you just want, I knew I, I wanted somebody who was older. All from the age of fucking 13. I was like, I want an older guy. I want an older guy. I just would. And I wasn't, it wasn't like old gross. It was the fine old men in the neighborhood. But something in me was just so fucking scared because I was like, I knew something was wrong. But more, more than that, I just knew that people would judge me. And I didn't want that to be like in my storyline, if that makes sense. So I just was like, I got to control these urges. And I waited until I became legally an adult before I got into my first relationship with a man who was almost twice my age. Not one of my proudest moments, but that's just how the shit worked. But later on, I figured out what was going on with me, you know, and it took a lot of counseling, therapy and self-love and chain breaking to like get to the root of my shit. I've Trust me, I got it. I figured it out. That's why I'm able to talk to you guys and do this, do all these different things that I'm doing right now. Not perfect at all, though, because I always feel chains in what I do. What I do. Unlock them bitches. No, we're going to get to the root. <laughs> we're going to get to the rooty tootie and break this shit down because I'm not taking this shit to the next level with me. That's how I handle my stuff. Anyway, um, this... All these different people that I've been describing, um, I, I have not really said the worst. The worst of the types of women are the gross sisters. Gross sisters, if you are like me, you were a Disney era kid of the, you know, a 90s baby, a late 80s baby, you grew up on Proud Family. And Proud Family, they, there were these like girls who were raised all nice and with love and all this stuff. And then they were running to these gross sisters who looked like they just was hungry, angry, and mad. And they were big, burly, with big backs and overalls and very ashy skin and just like angry and always wanted to fight the happy girls and take their lunch money and all these other different things. Like, as an adult, we have to be tasked with the unfathomable duties of having to walk among these gross sisters and call them our sisters because we, we share the same skin colors. We might share the same struggles. We might share the same features, but we don't share the same mindset. And they become very, very disruptive, dang- um, dangerous, um, backsetting for the progressive, modern, 
millennial black woman because while we're out here trying to make changes for the next generation and um you know mark our place in the world they are fighting the process by any means because it's normal it's just normal it's you're supposed to you have them in your family you have them in your you just you you know these types of women and because they they it's more of them than more of us. It's the norm. And because family business has been telling them to keep this shit to themselves that they've been going through abuse, neglect, um, mistreatment, um, so many horrible things, just unfortunate things that are, is just chalked up to, oh, it's life. You, I went through it. I've been through worse. You ain't like that thing. We have to just be, we're the normal, we have to, the rest of society has to just mother these girls. We have to just let them be the the 30-year-old, like, imagine going to work and working next to, to you guys, so a lot of us have to go to work and deal with people like this. We have to go to church and deal with people like this. We have to go to school and deal with people like this. They exist. Our neighbors, they are out here. They're like that. And we have to pretend that they're normal, but really they are just in pain. And somebody told them that their pain is family business. So they can't get the shit out because everybody goes through it. So what's so different about them? But just because you're around a shitload of miserable people, miserable people, it doesn't mean that you guys weren't unfortunate. It just means you found yourself amongst a group of very unfortunate people and it's okay to talk about it. Have you ever tried to talk about your shit with a woman who's also going through that shit but doesn't want to talk about it? She looks at you like, oh, who you? I don't know what you talking about. I know you ain't getting started. That's that shit. That's that shit. That shit runs deep. Nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody. And that's really like one of the worst parts because we have to deal with those bitches all through all walks of life. I've seen messy aunties, messy grandmas, messy um, great grandmas. I've seen it all. Imagine taking demons well into your 60s and 70s and 80s with you and then getting on your deathbed and saying, ah, yeah, I should have apologized for this 70 years ago. 70 years of damage. What is that? Three generations? Three generations? Four, including yours? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's what happens. Um, which brings me to the point of mental health in the black community. We have a stigma. This needs to be like treat it as if it's like epidemic shit. Like this is a problem. Declare a state of emergency because like I'm pretty sure like 50 to 65% of African-American people are just out here functioning with mental health shit that we are just saying, oh, she just has an attitude problem. Oh, Oh, she just be like that sometimes. Or... Oh, she just a Gemini. Or bipolar for fun. That's my favorite. Girl, I'm bipolar. <laughs> I be this minute, one minute, and that, that way the next minute. Like, uh, uh. oh, that's my favorite one. Um, or I'm crazy. I key cars. 
I bust windows out. I fight. I cut people. I'll stab a, a bitch. I'll kill a nigga. These girls be dead serious. That's not normal. But it is. It is. The mental health violations that just are petri dishing. You know what I'm saying? It's like the whole entire culture is like a petri dish of what. Yeah, but what's gonna happen next? No, 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 no. We we could we we could stop this, but but let's just see what happens next. Like until you create like a super problem, until you create like a sadistic, cynical, sociopathic. non-guilt-feeling narcissistic human with a pretty face that is normal. And they walk through life and they have a storm around them that is so strong and so deep and so just hard to watch, but also hard to run away from. And they become this thing that is supposed to be a stamp in the black community because it's normal. They are all like that. Do you see what I'm saying? They are all like that. Loud, hard, angry, ready to fight, ready to go off, ready to pop off, ready to do away with their lives, ready to die, ready to go to jail, ready to end it all. Because they are just like that. This is just how they are. That is not cool. That is not cool. Like, if you've seen some of the things that I've seen, because I'm a reader and I'm a watcher and I'm a studier and a pattern piecer, (laughs) if you will, I like to get just deep enough into the water so that I can still breathe just for notes. I just want to take notes. Let me see the patterns. Let me see how they, because I, I need to, I have to see an end to this story so I can know exactly, you know, what this is. What are you? Because I'm not, I like to think that I'm normal and I struggle with wanting to identify with my people, but I can't because the trauma is just too sickening to just willingly take on. When I was growing up in it, I always knew that it wasn't okay, but I thought it was not okay that I thought it wasn't okay, if that makes sense. And now that I'm an adult and I'm doing well and I'm struggling with, with certain things, my struggles are not like other people's struggles. I often get people who like, if I have a bad day and I post it on Facebook or something like that, people will be like, oh my God, yeah, like, what are you going through? And yeah, my life was like that too. And I'm like, boo, now you know, you know, we don't have the same struggles now, come on. But we, okay, shit, struggles are the same. But sometimes... You know, you got to just be real. Like, everybody, 
some people be going through shit that is deeper than anything else in the world. Very, very deep. And, um, you know, when it comes to mental health in the black community, a lot of things are unaddressed because you're not allowed to have shit. You're not allowed to be sad. You're not allowed to be tired. You're not allowed to feel like you can't get out of bed. You're not allowed to not get out of bed. You're not allowed to take a mental health day from work. Like, I'm so thankful that when I feel like just calling in, all I have to say is, you know, I just need a mental health day. I swear to God, it's that easy. You don't have to make up a lie. You don't have to talk about your kids, or all this crazy stuff, your car. Like, no, I need a mental health day. I figured that out in 2015. That was almost five years ago. Lies. I figured that out in 2014. 2014. So about... Almost six years ago, I figured out at work that I was a privileged black girl. And it took for me to start working to figure out what I was because I was like, but I had all these white, white coworkers and white bosses and stuff. And they were just like, uh, Tiana, um, you know, you just experienced a loss in your family. Don't come back to work. What's wrong with you? This one time, I, cu- I had to cut all my hair off after I had a, a bad sew-in. And my boss was like, no, you are working from home. You are saying you're going to stay off the next couple days. And then after that, you're going to be working from home it's b- because she knew how important hair was to black women. <laughs> I was like, yeah, shit, I think I might be privileged. So, um... <laughs> The Grigio, honey, the Grigio. Um, anywho, um, really, that's really one of the last things I want to talk about, the mental health, because that whole thing is gaslighting in itself. You can't get help. You can't talk about it. You can't stand up. You can't make Sense You can't write a sentence that makes sense and moves people that is like you can't talk about these things. People need to stop getting strong mixed up with suffering. Just because you know how to withstand suffrage does not mean that you are strong. It means that you are fucked up and you are experiencing a different type of self-loathing and self-mutilation. It's, it's, it's self-mutilating. I'm sorry. You are self-mutilating if you feel like suffering by holding demons in from your, what your parents did, what their parents did, what their parents did. Like you're carrying generations worth of trauma on you and you clearly look like it. You haven't been able to reach certain um, levels like outside of the church and outside of your own little small creepy circle or your circle of like women because I mean you see these women they are all you never will see like um a, a, a summer walker with Beyonce and we like to try to pretend like like we would see Cardi's with Rihanna's or Cardi's with Beyonce's but you won't it's some girls out here that got demons that are way too strong for the woman who is enlightened because she don't want that shit. Like, I'm telling you, the type of stuff that you have to experience from them type of women, it's not worth it when you get past that point because they, they have the upper hand. It's just like when you, somebody's drowning. They're going to be fucking pulling you. They don't even know. They're like, I got to save myself. I got to save myself. And they're pulling you down. They don't know. But they have the upper hand because they are down and you're up and you can't 
pull them up if they're trying to pull you down. That's just physics. That's just how it works, you know? So I really, really think that the gaslighting of all this shit needs to stop. Family business is gaslighting. That's saying, all right, I'm going to have a bunch of kids and some cousins and some nieces and some grandkids. And I just want to beat the fuck out of them. I want to maim them. I want to lynch them. I want to blind them and come into their rooms at night and do things to them. I want to torture them. I want to molest them. I want to rape them. Let's call it what it is. And the only way I can get away with it is if I open up a Bible and point out the sections that I feel like they will scare them crooked enough that my secrets remain my secrets. And I also want to threaten them enough with support system opposition to the point where if they feel like they can't handle these horrible, horrible secrets, like I'm the FBI or I'm CIA, if you can't withstand trauma and disease and addiction and just tragedy, then I am going to take familiar support away from them because they should have never talked about what goes on in my house. This is something that you need to be ready for because I'm not playing. This is this won't be the last time that I talk about this because I could just imagine how many other um, topics I'll discuss that this type of family business shit has its hands in, its dirty little fucking hands in. But I just wanted to get that out there because it has to stop being normal to be in pain. It's not a fashion statement. It should not be a pa- When you go to uh, so many places in this world, places that I have not even been to that I can only dream of, that I know I will go to with the grace of God, these people take what they need from our culture and they leave the rest. They take our fashion, our baggy stuff that really originated from the fact that we couldn't afford all these nice clothes, so we had to just work with what we have not only working with what we have but just like oh well it'll do um so many other things we it just are the 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 sagging pants the braids the <laughs> the the sagging pants first of all came from um jail like Men in jail, I don't want to get into the sciences of it. It's another episode. (laughs) And the hair braiding comes from, or the designs of the hair braiding came from when women back in the um, not-so-free days, I hate to say it that way, um, who needed ways to map out to other women and men where to go and what to do to escape their enslavement. And other cultures will take these things and just ride that shit out. 
So I just need it to be known, like, we have to stop normalizing pain and, and rocking it and owning it in this way that's like, no, no, only, only we can do this. Only we can suffer like that. No, that's our pain. No, that's our pain. You remember how when we were kids and cars would go past and you would be like, that's my car. No, that's my car. That's essentially what happens when we are watching TV and we're seeing other people, like, with our characteristics or whatever the hell it is. We're like, no, 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 they're trying to be like us. How about... No. How about they're not trying to be like us? How about they're just trying to exploit the little bit of pain that they learned about us for their own purposes? That's really what all this episode is about. I hope this helps somebody. I hope someone, you know, I don't, I don't know who out there needs it, but I pray that this reaches the right ear. And if you don't think that this was something for you, definitely just share this episode with somebody else and that's really all I wanted to talk to to you guys about today so I am going to wrap this session up and I will see you next topic thanks